Welcome into the August 18th episode of the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano with Dave Morissuti. A non-update update on the Rasmus Sandin contract standoff with the Maple Leafs. We'll touch on that. Canada booking their ticket to the semifinals in the World Junior Championships. And then Burr Bouchard, an old buddy of mine from Red Cape Sports, he'll stop by and he'll help us decipher the top hockey cards available, the top rookie cards, in the newest set that was released on Wednesday, the Upper Deck Extended Series. David, excited for that conversation. All that more coming up on today's edition of Locked on Leafs. Your Locked on Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. And Lockdown Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can also now catch us up on video format on YouTube. Just search up Locked on Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get that daily content directly to you. And uh, make sure also hit that little not- notification bell. That way you get that uh, notified whenever we upload new content. All right. Uh, fun episode today. Uh, we'll actually get to talk some Maple Leafs a little bit. In a way, uh, there was a story that came out, uh, Luke Fox of Sportsnet, put out a story about Rasmus Sandin and the Maple Leafs still far apart in contract negotiations. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and then also Canada beating Switzerland 6-3 in the semifinal or in the quarterfinals to advance to the semis. Um, we'll talk about that game and kind of uh, put a, put a bow on the quarters and um, a good friend of mine, Burt Bouchard going to stop by and we'll chat a little bit about uh, some hockey cards. The new upper deck extended series was released uh, on Wednesday, Dave. I know I'm more of the hockey card buff than you are, but I think that it's still an interesting conversation, and and perhaps some of our listeners will enjoy it as well. If you do end up enjoying it, then uh, please let us know in the comment section down below if you want some more hockey card discussions. I will be more than pleased to bring that to you. Um, speaking of hockey cards, uh, I do have a Rasmus Sandin Young Guns card, by the way, Dave. Uh, not an overly expensive card, but I believe come from 1819 Upper Deck. Um, still far apart in contract negotiations, though, according to uh, to Luke Fox, who uh, apparently Louis Gross, the agent of Rasmus Sandin, spoke with Sportsnet and uh, told them that negotiations are going, quote, nowhere. Not that surprised, I suppose, but what do you make of this uh, latest report, Dave? Are you you still worried that we're sitting here, it's now August 18th, and negotiations still going, quote, nowhere? It it feels almost like the William Nylander situation, because actually it's the same agent, believe it or not. Um, I'm I'm not, like, concerned-concerned because... Rasmus Sandin isn't the only young RFA that still hasn't gotten a deal done. There's actually a lot of them out there. Teams right now are just, it, it feels like, first off, it feels like some GMs are on vacation. Because <laughs> literally have had nothing going on in the last while. I, I just think, 
like they're saying it's going nowhere. We don't know exactly where, like who who's which side isn't doing the talking really. Like this is clearly obviously an agent trying to drum up something because he's he's trying to look. His client is probably getting a little frustrated that things aren't going maybe where he wants it to go. Yeah. I, I, that's where I think it's at because I, I would be surprised if Rasmus Sandin didn't receive matching contract offer from what Timothy Lilligram received earlier this offseason, right? It was what, $2.8 million over two years, so $1.4 million AAV. I would be very, very surprised if Rasmus Sandin did not receive the exact same contract. And Lilligram said, yep, I'm good with this. Sign it. Sandine, not quite good with this just yet. But it might not even be the number. Like, we did hear uh, prior that it sounded as though it wasn't necessarily, I think, the number, but also opportunity means a lot to Rasmus Sandine. He wants to be a full-time NHLer at this point in his NHL career. And as it stands right now, they already have six guys under contract. I almost wonder if... Sandine is refusing to make a deal like he will not sign a contract with the Maple Leafs until one of those six defensemen are moved and he becomes, you know, a guaranteed nightly uh, fixture on this roster based on the fact that he would be included in that top six. I, I almost it's almost feels like that's the direction it's going. Or a trade, I guess it's the other direction it could go. But I feel like I'd be surprised if Sandine uh, ends up signing here with the Leafs and becomes one of the, you know, one of seven guys and becomes a rotation, much like we saw a season ago. I feel like he'd be willing to kind of put his, dig his heels in a little bit. And maybe we don't uh, see Rasmus Sandine sign a contract anytime soon. And correct me if I'm wrong here, I heard that there was some maybe hurt feelings that he wasn't in the conversation to play during the playoffs as well. Like he was, yeah, he was, yeah. Against uh, Tampa, like he was activated, but he said, ah, I don't, I don't want to play him in a series like this. He hasn't played in a while. Also, if you'll recall, I was, I, I remember too, he also didn't get to play in the bubble and you know, they had chosen to also play guys lot the season before Guys like Miko Lettinen got opportunities before he got opportunities. You know, like there's been a couple of instances where he's felt slighted by the organization. And I don't blame him for really digging in because he's saying, look, if you how many times have I been in the mix and haven't been selected? At least if I'm a guaranteed, you know, one of the top six guys and for sure going to make it, there shouldn't be anyone to go in over top of me. So I'm not making a deal until that's the case. That's where I feel like they're at, or that's where Rasmus Sandin is at at the very least. Yeah, and we also heard Kyle Dubas say pretty much trying to throw, you know, throw water on this fire that Louis Gross is trying. To, like, I understand where, where the agent is coming from. Like, and, and, and you know what? Rasmus Sandin has every right to be frustrated because I'm sure he's hearing a lot of the – uh, he hasn't, you know, reached his potential considering he's a first round pick and all those things. He's dealt with a lot of frustrating injuries that have come at you know inopportune times for him and have you know stented his development in a way. So I can see where where that where where he feels on that. 
at the same time, we also know that he hasn't exactly, you know, blown the gates off in terms of earning that opportunity at the NHL level either. So I'm sure that's probably where the Leafs are too. Is just like we feel we have three guys on the left side that are ahead of you, unless the Leafs are just are still debating whether they're going to move a Jake Muzzin because we. I, I, the, the more I've been thinking about things lately, and like. As much as I'm not a fan of Justin Hall, we know how the Leafs feel about Justin Hall. We know how Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas do. They're likely more less inclined to move him, and if they're going to make room for Sandine, it's going to come at the expense of like a Jake Muzzin. But then you're taking even a bigger gamble by doing that and putting even more pressure on Erasmus Sandine. But maybe that's the pressure he wants. Maybe that's something that will light a little fire on him. Well, I mean, you, you don't necessarily have to take out Muzzin, insert Sandine into the lineup, right? Like you could move Giordano into a top four role, defensive role, and and then end up not even defensive, but just like a top four role and then have Sandine playing your third pair. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, you are now Jake Muzzin. You need to do everything Jake Muzzin did or else this is a, you are a complete failure. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. Like that, like it's kind of. I was like, he's gonna get into the lineup, not exactly take Muzzin's spot right. because we already yeah. know that 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 just would not work in terms of like they play two different roles. For a while, I was I was a team trade Muzzin. I've been on this podcast. I've said that probably half a dozen times. I or sorry, Sandine, Sandine, Sandine. Um, I've been teams trade Sandine. I've said about a half a dozen times where I've came on the pod and I'm like, you know what? I think that this team, it was like around the draft and for agency. I'm like, yeah, trade him, bring in this, bring in that. But now that we're this far into the summer, there's no more cap space to go out and do anything anyways or bring in a player. I'm at the point where I'm now reassessing my evaluation of the whole Rasmus Sandin discussion. And now I'm thinking about this too. Like two years from now, when Muzzin is just, well, first of all, his contract's going to be up in a couple of years, and as will Mark Giordano, he'll be up. I think Brody only has a couple of years left on his deal, too. Mm-hmm. Two years from now, when that guy's you know coming into his prime, you probably will want Rasmus Sandin in the mix. You're going to want that guy in the fold. So I'm not sure. Like If you're thinking past two years from now, and you're thinking to have some longevity with this Leafs roster, he's someone you're going to want in the mix. So I don't know if dealing him away is really something that the Leafs would be too keen on either, unless, of course, they're getting a, a, a defenseman who they feel can be just as good and also has that long-term control. But either way, I'm starting to soften on the stance that Sandine will be traded by the Maple Leafs. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I also believe that Sandine is going to dig his heels in. I don't know where it's going to go. I really don't. I wouldn't be shocked if if he holds out and doesn't attend training camp until uh, until we have some sort of shoe drop here with this team. But like you said, everyone's been on vacation mode for the last, seems like, three weeks or so. There's been nothing, nothing on the free agent front, not much on the trade front. And uh, Rasmus Sandin remains an unrest- or a restricted free agent. And we're sitting here still scratching our heads. How could they potentially negotiations be going nowhere? It's now been months where they've had chance to make some ground and nothing. Um, also, not much of the prospect pool on the left side uh, after, you know, Rasmus Sandin, once those older guys age out of this lineup. So, yeah, they're, he's somebody who the Leafs definitely see as part of the future 
of this team. Maybe not right now this year, but if they can somehow tell Rasmus, wait, your time is coming. Let's be patient. Maybe that's the way that they can kind of get through to him and, and get a deal to work. Uh, all right. On the other side, we'll chat. Uh, we'll talk about Canada's win over Switzerland to advance into the semifinals in the World Junior Championships. We've got some hockey card discussions coming up a little later as well. My pal, Burr Bouchard from Red Cape Sports. He's got a YouTube channel talking all sports card investing. He'll join us to talk about the top young guns from this year's extended series set, which released uh, on Wednesday. So all that coming up uh, on the other side. But first, Dave, how about a word from one of today's show sponsors? Yeah, uh, and that is NHTSA, Drive Sober or pull, Get Pulled Over. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. Few become a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's not a big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyways? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're our hosts here at Locked On Leafs. And Dave, you got some love in the statue department from yesterday's episode. Everyone wants a Dave statue. I told you. I knew there was people who were going to want Dave statues. I told you. You thought that people were going to go. No. People want statues of Dave. You know why? Because you're bald. People like bald statues because hair looks weird on a statue. That's why. Uh, my favorite video about a statue was the one when they that made about um, David Beckham. For, oh, was it Beckham or Ronaldo? No, well, Ronaldo had a good one too, but David Beckham they made one. The LA Galaxy made him one, and um, was, James Corden played a little prank on him. They made like a statue that looked absolutely like terrible, <laughs> terrible. It was a fake one. He thought it was a real thing, and he actually like pushes it over, and they're like, "No, no, 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 that's the fake one. Here's the real one." And yes, also Ronaldo, probably one of the worst statues I've ever seen. Yeah, unfortunately, his was real. <laughs> like that, that was a real statue. Uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, that was a that was an awful one. But you'd have a good looking one, my friend. Your statue would be pristine. Um, for sure. For sure, for sure. Uh, maybe they're starting to build a statue of Logan Stankoven, potentially after the game that he saw tonight over in uh, over in Edmonton. I mean, well, there's some obviously better statues to be made in Edmonton, but that's my weak way of transitioning into this game. All right, folks, call me out. That was a terrible transition. I'll do better next time. But Logan Stankoven, man, like that guy, he's been a little, he's been very quiet actually throughout uh throughout this this world junior championship tournament but uh, really helped canada beat switzerland today they had a 6-3 win advancing to the semifinals and if i'm not mistaken um barring some sort of upset from Czechia and usa who are playing currently as we're recording this 
Canada should play Sweden in the semifinals, correct? I believe you are right on that. Uh, I was actually going to check that because um, I know that we're waiting to see what the result of the Latvia Sorry, Lafia. The Czechia USA game. Sweden obviously beat Lafia very unconvincingly too. I yeah, think. that was that was kind of bizarre. The fact that they were tied with like ten minutes ago in the game. It's like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> like, what? But uh, Sweden ended up winning it. That Emil Andre kid, by the way, he's really making a name for himself in this tournament. He's a Flyers prospect from twenty twenty. Um, but Canada, really good win tonight. Uh, well, actually. It was a little closer than I thought it would be, to be quite honest with you. It wasn't their best performance, um, to say the least. Stankoven played terrifically, though. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, you know the positives before we kind of maybe talk some negative aspects. But Stankoven scored two goals uh, and assist was all over the ice tonight. What'd you make of his performance? I thought it was very much needed. I didn't think you know the top guys who kind of been carrying Canada and McTavish, Bedar, like that line. Wasn't really at their best in this game. Like Sweden, sorry, Sweden, Switzerland knew the assignment. They had to try to limit Canada's most dangerous players. And look, if you get beat by Canada's secondary players, that's kind of what makes Canada so good is that they usually have the depth to step up. And we hadn't really seen it as much in this tournament. Like for a lot of these guys, this was kind of a coming out game for them. So I actually think this that was an important result for Canada to see that because you need to see those guys lower in the lineup produce when your top guys are shut down. Cause that's, it's not going to get any easier. Like even uh, the game against Finland was tough too, but they eventually found a way to get, you know, to get, get where they to get the win. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean that, that empty net goal too. It's a thing of beauty. Like Just Ken Johnson. along the boards. Yeah. To, to, to get him the puck. It was, it was, it was a really good play. Absolutely. Um, first game though in the entire tournament where Connor Bedard didn't hit a score sheet. Bust. 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 He's a bust. How do you not score or get an assist? Even a secondary bust? No. Um, I mean it's gonna happen. The kid's 17 years old. I mean, the fact that he this is the first international game he's played at the World Juniors, even if you include the games that were played back uh, in, in December, it's the first time that he has been held off of the score sheet. Uh, not the end of the world, people. Definitely not the end of the world uh, on that one. But, yeah, Stan Coven was terrific tonight. And, um, you know, I think Canada will have to play a better game. Uh, whoever that to play next, whether – I believe it will end up being Sweden. If not, I think it will be Finland. But it most likely is going to end up being Sweden, assuming that the Americans uh, take care of business against Czechia today. And for those who are listening to this, you obviously already know what is what has happened in that game. So I guess uh, you'll know exactly what the matchup is. But, uh, yeah, so those games are going down Friday, I believe. Friday, yeah, I think. Canada is playing at 2 p.m local time so that'd be four o'clock eastern on friday all right so four o'clock uh, on friday you can watch that game canada switzerland uh they'll duke it out uh, or sorry canada and sweden we believe they'll duke it out uh, on friday um all right dave why don't we take one more quick break and then when we get back burr bouchard gonna join us here on the lockdown these podcasts chat a little bit about uh, some hockey card content 
the new Upper Deck Extended Series was released on Wednesday, and uh, the new 50-player uh, Young Gun Rookie set was released in within the Extended Series. Uh, that's the top subset for all the rookie cards that people like to chase. He's going to give us his top five. His top five rookie cards that are in the set and uh, chat a little bit about it as well. So that's what we got coming up on the other side. But before we get there, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs and all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, podcasts, they got you covered. Head to the bet online. Head to bet online today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're hosts here at Locked On Leafs, and you'll notice if you're watching on YouTube, there's another gentleman who has popped up onto the screen here to help us uh, kind of close out this podcast. If you're listening, it's um, a good pal, Bird Bouchard from Red Cape Sports. Uh, does some sports card investing and collecting. And with the release of the brand new uh, Upper Deck Extended Series, I thought, who better to get than my pal Bird Bouchard to kind of help us figure out exactly who are the trace cards in mm. this year's uh, Extended Series set. Before we kind of get into that, for those who are unaware, I guess, of how the hockey card market goes, can you just explain what the Extended Series is and you know what the hoopla is over it and, and maybe – the reason why people are excited about it yeah so first and foremost i mean thanks for having me on for those of you who don't know mike is also the hockey card guru this is the man just as much as i know mike knows just as much if not even more so you know rest assured mike is definitely going to give you guys the greatest top five he can come up with now what is extended series so basically you have series one where Upper Deck typically, uh, you know, has one or two good chase cards, and then the rest, you know, so-so. Okay, not the greatest, could do better. And then they make you wait for, you know, the better rookies, which tend to be in Series 2. And then again, they fill it out. Um, from my experience, Extended Series tends to be a lot of older players, a lot of European players who I'm just going to come out and say it, Mike, uh, not so investable players. Um, from my experience, you know, there's always that maybe one guy who if you hit him, uh, you know, you're going to be really happy and you're going to make your money back. But for the most part, you know, I mean, if you're playing the odds game, you're probably not going to pull a good card. Um, I tend to stay away from extended series myself. It used to be like the young guns is, is what you're chasing, right? The young mm -hmm. guns rookie cards. And, you know, they used to be included in the SP Authentic series. And then last year they rolled out this new upper deck extended because they had so many guys play their first games in the pandemic that they had an excess of rookies. And they're like, you know what? Why don't we create a brand new set? You know, make more money, Upper Deck said. So they announced this uh, extended series. And I wasn't sure if they were going to do it again uh, this season. But 
obviously they did, mm-hmm. and they found another 50 rookies to put inside this set, which is an upgrade because last year, if I'm not mistaken, it was only, what, 30 players that they had in their Young Guns set, I want to say? Not many. Not many yeah, at all. so they have a full 50-player set, which is what you typically get in Series 1 and in Series 2. And um, I was looking today. It sounds as though it's, it's coming out about $130 for a hobby box um, but we want to talk about some of the cards that are in this set and some of the top rookies that you can get, uh, if you're looking to go out and get these rookie cards. Uh, so we both bird and myself, Dave, we've both compiled a top five young guns to go after young guns to invest in, in this series. And I want you to let us know your thoughts on it, but we'll let bird go ahead and, and tell us his top five, a little young guns, power rankings coming out of, uh, the new Upper Deck 2021-2022 Extended Series, which released uh, on Wednesday. All right, so first and foremost, I'm going to come out here and say I really struggled to come up with my number five guy. The reason being for that is... It's just a really, really, really weak class, um, and, you know, and I've alluded to it previous to this. Um, I'm not going to be picking this up. I'm going to be saving my money. However, if you guys want to go out and purchase this, if you guys want to go out and purchase uh, just single cards, hop on eBay, go to your local card shop and pick up these particular five guys, maybe three, maybe one, who knows? That's what I would do. But starting with number five, I'm looking at Scott. Perunovic and Mike's probably shaking his head here. Mike's probably going, oh no, you know, he's starting off very strong with a defenseman, a 23-year-old defenseman. <laughs> I don't mind that though. Yeah, so I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, it, it's really going to be um, you know, there's different factors. And in the card hobby, we typically speaking, unless you've got a guy like Hale McCarr or Adam Fox, you know, we tend to stay away from defenseman um as the saying goes chicks chicks dig the long ball while in hockey you know goals are typically speaking what get you a lot of money um but yeah i either way mike i'm gonna go with scott perunovich here just because you know if there is a guy who's going to put up some points um this is going to be him now he is older he's 23 years old which means his path to the hall of fame not likely not likely at all but i mean you know, someone who's going to put up some points, uh, whether or not the St. Louis Blues can continue to, you know, put up some 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 long playoff stretches. We hopefully they get back to it. Right. Hopefully they can win some more Stanley Cups. But for now, uh, Scott Prunovich is is going to be my number five guy. All right. You want me to keep going with yeah, number four? four? Yeah, I think we'll do we'll do your top five, then we'll do yeah, we'll go through your top five, and then I'll go through my top five. So who do you got number four? Alrighty. So number four, I got John Paterka. So John Paterka, really interesting pick uh for myself. Um, you know, German, German guy, uh playing with Buffalo, but I like him for, for a variety of reasons. Number one, this is a guy who's putting up points, right? Um, and he's young, he's 20 years old. So even if it takes him a while to, you know, kind of find his stride in Buffalo uh, and put up points, he's still 20 years old. So I really like the upside there. Um, anytime that you can have someone who's younger, um, it just makes guys much more investable. Um, so I really like him, you know, um, whether or not he actually pans out in the NHL is to be seen. But again, bear with me, guys, because this entire class is weaker, like I said. 
Yeah. Uh, number three. Number three is a guy who I'm really, really high on. Um, I want to see him kind of break out of his shell. I want to see him do more. But regardless, I think his team is very up and coming. And that's Alex Turcott, um, just 21 years young. Uh, this is a guy with the U.S. national team. Um, he was he was phenomenal. You know, there's a reason why he was a top five pick in the 2019 NHL draft. Um, even played some time at Wisconsin. And you know, Mike, I'm a big fan of NCAA sports uh, as a whole, and he did very well there. Uh, I don't think it's uh, it, it's a league to be slept on. You know, I think a lot more players are opting to go that college route, and Alex Turcott is is a really good player. Um, again, hasn't played much in the NHL, but I think that when he gets there, he's going to put up points. Um, the market may not be the best, but then again, you know, it's, it's not an original six team. It's not a Canadian team, but at least, you know, he's playing in LA and there's a lot of people who, you know, who he can reach at least. Yeah, it's not the worst market. Like LA is definitely not the worst market. Dave, you yeah. want to say something about well, Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is like, you know a lot of this value is it based on where the guys are playing you just brought up buffalo which is another big hockey market too mm -hmm. is that why you maybe value certain guys in your list right now higher than others yeah um like i said first and foremost uh probably going to be well, maybe not first because age typically speaking is a big one but then again right i mean if you got a guy like kirill kaprizov just a couple years ago i mean he came in the league and he was basically a grown man but it didn't seem to matter because a he put up the points and b minnesota is a really big hockey market um you know, it, it may be a Canadian hockey market that's not New York, that's not, you know, anywhere super big, but it's still a relatively big market. So I'm looking personally for, is this player young? Is he on a relatively successful team? But most importantly, a big market. So I said it earlier, I think original six team is probably going to be um, right behind Canadian markets, just because here in Canada, we absolutely love hockey. Even if you, you have a stud player who plays in a, on a good team, you know, in that original six market, even Boston, um, you know, the reality is it's not a Canadian market and people in Boston, you know, when Tom Brady was there at least, and when the Celtics were winning and when the Red Sox were winning, it just gets overshadowed. So, yeah, you know, there's definitely a lot of factors that go into this. Um, yeah, and, and actually a really good indicator of when it comes to, you know, driving it based on where the guy plays. Just if you're taking a look at some of the, you know, so it dropped today, right? Or drop, we're recording this on Wednesday. So it did yep. drop today um, at the time of this recording. And you go, you look at what, you know, Mike, the, what the asking price is uh, for Michael Pazetta and Justin Barron, two rookies for the Montreal Canadiens, arguably the best hockey market outside of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the, uh, in the world. And, you know, those guys are going for way above what they should be based on their talent level. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I was looking, and I, Michael Pozzetta is selling for like roughly twenty dollars, as is Justin Barron, and it's strictly because they are Montreal Canadiens prospects, and they know that there's going to be a lot of people within that market that are going to be looking to collect that player. And it's at the end of the day, it all comes down to supply and demand. Mm -hmm. um, but the next, the, the the final two players on your list, I'm sure it has nothing to do with. Is I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with it because I know who they who is in the set, but. 
I don't think it has to do with market. These are two players that surely have to do with their skill level, putting them up yep. on the top of the list. Yeah, I mean, Mike, to be honest, I mean, I've done enough of these with you where I know that you're going to hammer out the top five as, as it should be, and I'm kind of going to pick and choose some other guys. I knew, and again, I don't know what your top five is, but that is why I went with number two, Seth Jarvis. Seth Jarvis, man, this is a kid who does a lot of things right. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, my New York Rangers uh, absolutely made this guy look like a ragdoll a few times. Um, you know, made him look silly in the playoffs. Um, I'd like to see him put on more body weight because, you know, he might break by the end of 2023. Um, if a guy like Jacob Chuba hits him one more time, uh, he's not going to exist for much longer. But with that being said, you know, this is a guy who played relatively important minutes um, in that rookie season. And I thought he did okay. You know, 40 points in 68 games. That's not bad at all. Um, and only 18 penalty minutes. This is a guy who, when he when he's on, you know, he's putting up good numbers. He's putting up quality minutes. Um, and again, you know, he's playing a really important role there um, on a team of a bunch of jerks. And I truly believe that it's only a few years away until they're hoisting a cup. Like that's a really young nucleus and, and a really good, um, you know, hockey, maybe not hockey market, but you know, their Twitter game strong and believe it or not, that's important in this market. Yeah. And absolutely. number one, again, I don't believe, I just, just want to go out on the record and say, I don't believe that there's a true chase card, even the true chase card, you know, you can make a case for a few guys, but I went with Alexander Holtz. Um, I I truly believe this is going to be a guy who just comes into the league and take, takes it over by storm. Um, you know, if and when, you know, he gets to play with Jack Hughes, that's certainly going to be exciting. Um, you know, New Jersey, maybe not the biggest hockey market, but then again, the talent is just there. I mean, you can look at it. Uh, 47 points in 38 games. What else did he have here? 51 points uh, with Utica comments in just 52 games. Uh, there's a reason why he was a top 10 draft pick. Um, so, yeah, that that's my top five. Again, um, you know, if you're just a casual listening to hockey, I'm sure, you know, your audience doesn't have that. But if you guys are just kind of getting into the hockey card market, I would personally advise you to pick up the single cards that you want to buy and also don't go picking these cards up when this episode drops don't go picking them up you're just gonna overpay yeah wait wait uh wait a few weeks these these card values will drop immensely like they typically do it's always most expensive the day of and even throughout the rest of the week and then eventually they'll start to fall that said that said that's not always the case if you recall last year, you know, do you remember who the top player from last year's extended series ended up becoming? Not at the time of the drop, but ended up becoming. No clue. Michael Bunting. Oh my goodness! He was not a member Locked of the Leafs. You guys wasn't a him. member of the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, at the time. Uh, there we go. A little ticker. We've got your top five there down below for those oh God, in the right order. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, so who he has in his top spot, Alexander Holtz of the New Jersey Devils, Seth Jarvis of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Alex Turcott of the LA Kings, J.J. Paterka for the Sabres, and then Scott Perunovich of the uh, of the St. Louis Blues. 
not a sexy list. And and that's really what I think we we you know most people in the hockey card collecting community realize pretty quickly that this extended series young guns uh class not strong at all. I mean, when you're talking about guys like Holt and Jarvis as your chase cards, compare that to who were the chase cards in series one and two yeah Caulfield and Zegris and uh, McTavish Mo Sider Lucas Raymond like those guys are much sexier players to go out and chase so uh, I'm with you when I say mm, if you're looking to I mean if you're just a collector you love to rip and you just want to have the full set sure whatever that's that's your prerogative but you come at it from an investing standpoint yeah. and that's you know ripping to to get you know, hopefully you get a Seth Jarvis or hopefully you get an Alexander Holtz or a Turcotte. There's better ways to uh, to get it. Realistically, you can get this entire list for less than what you'll spend on a hobby box. Um, so I agree. From an investing standpoint, probably not uh, a hobby box that's, that's worth buying. Um, but if you want to just go out and collect those cards, that's why you got your local card shops. You can pick them up on eBay wherever you can uh, go and get yourself that Jarvis, that Holtz or whatever. Um, we had a very similar list to be, we, we did. Like I had uh, Jarvis, I had Jarvis and, and Holtz as my one, two. I had Turkut at three. That's it. I, I had Jarvis as number one, but you had, uh, you had Holtz. Sure. So I switched those two. And then I had Turcotte, Paterka. I had Nico Dawes as my number five player. And it was strictly, my six. So it's strictly because He's the goaltender of the future, I believe, for uh, the New Jersey Devils, and this is a team that I think is on the up and up. So if he can, you know, grow into what we thought he could be when he led Canada uh, in the World Juniors a couple of years back, maybe perhaps he becomes a, a valued card where people remember that and say, "Hey, I want his rookie card." And again, supply and demand is always going to be uh, the, the clear, um, kind of the clear. Um, or the main objective, I suppose. And that's how you're going to get your bottom dollar. Uh, just really quickly, I, I had mentioned that Pizzetta and Justin Barron uh, were two guys who, for the Montreal Canadiens, their prices are, were really high. For the Maple Leafs, just one rookie. One rookie in this class for the Maple Leafs, and that is Alex Steves of the Leafs. And his card right now, roughly $10 I saw on opening day. So, no, not too expensive if you want to get yourself an Alex Steves rookie card if you uh, for all your Leaf fans out there. Um, but, yeah, really appreciate you taking the time to join us today, Bird, and letting us know a little bit more about uh, the new hockey card series that was released, the Upper Deck Extended Series for 21-22. And uh, hopefully we can chat with you again down the road and get into some more hockey card stuff uh, as the season gets a little bit closer. Appreciate your time, Bird. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us here on today's podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked on these podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morasuti. And also follow Bird. Uh, you can follow him uh, on Twitter and also go check out his YouTube channel, uh, Red Cape Sports. And also for those uh, fan for those college football fans, why don't you tell our good listeners uh, what you're going to be starting up pretty soon for college football? Yeah, so uh, the first episode actually drops August 21st. Uh, definitely go follow us on Twitter right now. That's where we're posting a bunch of awesome content until the, the launch date. And that's at RS Freshman. And that's Freshman with an E, not an A. And uh, yeah, it's just the place to go for your best college football podcast. There you go. One of college football fans. 
go uh, go hit up my guy Bird Bouchard. He he yammers and talks mayors off about college football all the time, so I know he knows his stuff. Uh, leave a like on this uh, on this video if you would like to do that, and go ahead comment down below. Are, are you interested in more hockey card content? Should we talk about it a little more? Are you somebody who wants to get into it? And if you are buying some extended series. Who are the players who you're excited to go out and collect from this year's set? Let us know in the comment section down below if you're watching here on YouTube. All right, uh, for Dave and Bird, I'm Mike DeStefano. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.